0: Welcome to BFR Radio, a podcast dedicated to all things BFR. This podcast is proudly sponsored by sportsrehab.com.au, where if you want to buy your own BFR cuffs, or you want more information about the type of training, or you just want more information, this is your one place to go. And I'm your host, Chris Gavillio. Hi everyone, and welcome back to this episode of BFR Radio. Not sure if you've noticed, but I've been trying a few different things of late. Firstly, I'm trying to increase the frequency of podcasts released to fortnightly, which was from once a month. And there's also a new segment, which is called Your Questions Answered. A lot of people are asking some great questions. So my mantra around this is that if you have a question, I'm sure that there's lots of other people out there as well with that same question or something similar. Therefore, if you have a question and you're happy to come online, please contact me and we can have a chat. Alternatively, if you don't want to come on the podcast but still have a question, just email it to me and I'll answer it and release it as an audio clip. You'll also notice that recently in the last couple of weeks that on my socials, which is at Chris Gavaglio, I've been releasing 60-second snippets of the previous podcast. These are the best bits of the podcast and hopefully a great reminder of what was covered. If you love it, let me know and I'll continue doing that for you. With the article reviews, I've also tried to group them together to give the use of BFR better context. The first article series that I did recently was around the use of BFR in surgery, and in particular, looking at knee surgery. If you missed them, check them out. I'm sure that there was a few different uses that most people sometimes don't think that BFR can be used for. And this brings me on to the next series of BFR articles, and this will focus on the upper body. Traditionally, I see a lot of work done on the lower body and feel that there's so much more that we can do with upper body BFR, and this also includes doing more than just bicep curls. Insert a little wink here. In one of my earlier BFR radio podcast episodes, I reviewed an article on high-frequency bench press. Today's article, which kicks off this series, again looks at the bench press, but rather this looks at combining protocols of both high load and low load BFR bench press training within the same week. This article is called the combined effects of low intensity blood flow restriction training and high intensity resistance training on muscle strength and size. It comes out of the University of Tokyo and the primary author is Tomohiro Yasuda who produces a lot of great work in the area of BFR. Looking at the introduction gives some really great concepts behind the thought process to the study design. They talk about traditional high intensity resistance training in which in particular we would typically look at using loads of 60 to 80 percent of 1RM. This is thought to produce the greatest increase in muscle strength and is associated with increased muscle size and improved neural adaptations. Previous studies have also evaluated the time course of these changes and have demonstrated the importance of the nervous system in facilitating the strength gains that are observed during the early phases of high-intensity resistance training. And as a result, the relative strength, which is the maximal voluntary strength per unit of muscle cross-sectional area, increases significantly during the early phase of high intensity resistance training. The reason why that they put this into the article is that they actually investigate this concept. That is the relative strength, which is the maximum voluntary strength per unit of muscle cross-sectional area. In other words, it's really nice to see increases in voluntary strength levels, but how does that relate to the changes in the muscle cross-sectional area? So important piece to note there. Furthermore, previous studies have also indicated that high-intensity resistance training reduces central arterial compliance in healthy men. Low arterial compliance contributes to elevations in systolic blood pressure and coronary heart disease and reductions in arterial baroreflex sensitivity. If you want to know what that is, arterial baroreflex is important for hemodynamic stability and for cardioprotection. It has been demonstrated that borough reflex sensitivity, even when assessed with different methods, has a strong prognostic value. On the other hand, the advantages of BFR training, as we know, we can use low loads of 20 to 30% of 1RM. It doesn't require a long recovery time compared to high-intensity resistance training. And unlike high-intensity resistance training, BFR training improves muscle size as well as carotid arterial compliance. Therefore, BFR training may be a potentially useful method for promoting muscle hypertrophy with a low risk of injury. With respect to the protocol that they're going to use in this study, in particular, the combination of high and low load BFR training is that high and low resistance exercises combined in multiple mode resistance training do not mutually inhibit each other and result in higher muscle adaptations compared with single mode resistance training. In particular here, I'm starting to think of the conjugate type theory. Notably, other authors have also demonstrated that resistance training using a variety of training loads is most effective in maximizing muscle strength. The purpose of the present study was to investigate the combined effects of high-intensity resistance training and BFR training on muscle size and strength. Onto the methods, they used 40 young men aged between 22 to 32 years of age and they were classified as recreational active. In particular, nine of the subjects had light to moderate resistance training experience performing bench press, but none of the subjects have participated in strength resistance type training for at least six months prior to the start of the study. All the subjects were randomly divided into four groups of 10. The first one was high intensity resistance training. The second one was low intensity BFR The third group was combined high intensity and low intensity BFR training. And there was also a non-training control group. Looking at the training protocol, the three training groups performed free weight, flat bench press exercise three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for six weeks. Training intensity and volume were set at 75% of one RM and 30 repetitions, that's three sets of 10 for the high intensity resistance training group. And for the low intensity BFR group, the load was set at 30% of one RM and their 75 rep protocol was implemented. That's where the first set was 30 reps followed by three sets of 15 with 30 seconds rest between each set. In the combined resistance training group, the subjects performed the low intensity BFR twice a week on a Monday and a Wednesday, and they performed the high intensity resisting training protocol once a week on a Friday. 1RM strength was assessed after three weeks of training to adjust the training loads for high intensity resistance training exercise sessions and the training load was constant throughout the low intensity far training protocol. With respect to the blood flow restriction, subjects wore elastic cuffs around the most proximal region of both arms. On the first day of training, the cuffs were inflated to a pressure of 100 mils of mercury. The pressure was then increased by 10 mils at each subsequent training session until a pressure of 160 millimeters of mercury was reached. The testing measurements, firstly they took 1RM strength which was assessed using a free weight bench press as mentioned earlier. The second major strength measurement was maximal voluntary isometric strength at the elbow flexors using an isokinetic dynamometer. The subjects performed two trials separated by 60 seconds rest and they were instructed to perform maximum voluntary contraction of elbow flexion, or like a bicep curl, isometrically as quickly as possible during a period of about five seconds. EMG, maximal activation of the biceps brachii was also taken when the subjects performed the elbow flexion of the isometric maximal voluntary contraction at the same angle of 90 degrees. MRI-measured muscle cross-sectional area was taken out of their triceps brachii and their pectoralis major. Other measurements that they took here was ratings of perceived exertion using a Borg scale after the final repetition of the first, second, and the last set of every exercise in the high-intensity and also in the low-intensity BFR program. A quick snapshot of the results before we get into some really cool discussion points that they bring forward. Firstly, that baseline that there were no differences among the four experimental groups for age, anthropometric variables, muscular strength, and muscle cross-sectional area. There was no change in the body weight for any of the groups following the training, and the total training volumes, that's the lifting weight times repetition for all the sessions were very similar. Following the training, bench press 1RM strength increased significantly in the three training groups, but not in the control group. Percentage change in 1RM strength was greater in both the high-intensity resistance training and the combined high-intensity low BFR group when compared to the low-intensity BFR group. Isometric maximal voluntary contraction strength increased in the high-intensity resistance training and the combined resistance training groups, but not in the low-intensity and the control groups. Muscle cross-sectional area of both the triceps and the pecs increased in all the three training groups and obviously not in the control group. Percentage change in triceps brachii muscle cross-sectional area was greater in the high intensity group that was 8.6% than in the low intensity BFR which was 4.9%. But interestingly, in the paper, it didn't actually report the changes in the combined resistance training group, which was significant as well. When you look at the column graph, it looks like the combined resistance training group had a slightly greater improvement in the triceps brachii compared to the low intensity BFR group and similar perhaps to the high intensity resistance training group. Percentage change in the pec major muscle cross-sectional area was greater in the high-intensity resistance training group. That was 17.6% compared to the low-intensity BFR group, which was 83 and there was 10.5% improvement in the combined resistance training group program. In the results, they talk about the changes in relative isometric strength, but I'm going to leave that to the discussion point because it gets quite heavy. And as I say in a lot of these papers, it's probably easier to get it out and actually have a good look yourself. But I'm actually going to talk about what the author said in the discussion. Overall, the findings from the present study supported the author's hypothesis that improvements in the muscle strength were significantly greater in the combined resistance training program compared to just the low intensity and the high intensity group alone, increase in the relative dynamic 1RM strength per unit muscle cross-sectional area was found in both high intensity resistance training and the combined resistance training protocol, while the maximum voluntary contraction per unit muscle cross-sectional area improves significantly with high intensity resistance training only. Onto the discussion now. The first points that they talk about is around the muscle adaptations through high intensity or low intensity BFR training alone. In particular, they found that their results were similar to other studies. And in particular, when you look at high intensity resistance training or just low intensity BFR training alone, they feel that increases in muscle protein synthesis is a major driving mechanism here as to the results that they have found. And also similar to other studies to highlight this, the same laboratory reported that 70% of 1RM intensity knee extension exercise without BFR increased fastest lateralis muscle protein synthesis, which was 48% at two hours post-exercise through the mTOR signaling pathway in young men. It's also been reported that 20% of 1RM intensity knee extension exercise with BFR increase muscle protein synthesis at 40-50% to at 3 hours post-exercise through the mTOR pathway in both young and old men. Therefore, these anabolic responses may contribute to low-intensity BFR and high-intensity resistance training exercise-induced muscle hypertrophy. Therefore, it seemed that a similar magnitude of significant muscle hypertrophy was achieved in both training protocols in the study. The authors thought that potentially that the load used for the BFR group was perhaps a little too low. In general, training loads of 45 to 50% of 1RM are needed to increase dynamic muscle strength for untrained subjects. Therefore, in the low-intensity BFR group, where they only used 20 to 30% of RRM, they thought that it didn't produce enough increase in neural adaptation. And these findings indicated that the low-intensity BFR training-induced increase in muscle strength was due to the muscle hypertrophy only, unlike the high-intensity resistance training exercise. Highlighting these things and looking at the Muscle adaptations through the combined high intensity and the low load BFR training, improvement in relative dynamic strength but not relative isometric strength was found to occur. The difference between the combined resistance training and the high intensity resistance training program in this study was the frequency of the high intensity resistance training sessions. Or, in other words, they performed high intensity strength training once a week for the combined and three times a week for the high intensity, which may be associated with the relative strength results. To improve dynamic strength, once weekly dynamic strength training is effective as reported with other authors, since there is task specificity involved in neural adaptation. It would appear that the combined resistance training induced increases in relative dynamic strength was due to the task specificity of the high intensity resistance training program alone. Another interesting point in the discussion was around perceived pain and safety of low-intensity BFR training. I think this is pretty much common with some users out there around the safety of BFR training. Here, the authors felt that low-intensity BFR training may only be limited to highly motivated individuals. In particular, the different products out there that you can use, tourniquet straps or surgical tourniquets, which are a little wider, in particular for upper body training, if you're using a wider cuff, which is traditionally used for thighs, this may cause neural impairment and a suppression of lactate clearance, resulting in an increase in perceptual pain. In this study here, they used a much narrower elastic cuff, which was 30 millimeters in width and was compressed at only 100 to 160 mils of mercury. Therefore, the arterial blood flow is reduced by no more than 40 to 70% of baseline values. In this study here, there was no incidence of any pain reported. and In addition, the RPE was lower in the low-intensity BFR group compared with the high-intensity resistance training group. Therefore, in the present study, it could be speculated that the low-intensity BFR with the use of narrow and elastic cuffs does not require any special effort from the subjects due to the absence of pain In conclusion, training-induced improvements in isometric and dynamic strength brought about by combining low-intensity BFR with high-intensity resistance training were higher than those seen in low-intensity BFR alone, which were similar to those of high-intensity resistance training alone. Although the triceps and the pec major muscle cross-sectional area increased significantly following the three different training sessions, relative strength improved with the high-intensity and the combined resistance training program but not with the low intensity BFR training group. Once again, probably indicating my point that I keep hammering home is that load is still important with athletes. And overall, BFR training induced functional muscle adaptations are improved with combining BFR with high intensity resistance training exercise. Personally, I'd really love to see this study progress into combining high load and low load BFR training within the same session. And to be honest, going one step further, it'd be great to see studies using participants with a greater weight training experience. I actually use a combination of this, which is using low and moderate load BFR and high load non-BFR training within the same session. So for example, I would start the session with low load and progress to more moderate loads with the BFR on. And in particular, I would do a multitude of exercises to warm my shoulders up and then move on to the bench press using BFR. And I find this a really great way to start the session. Primarily, I find that from a warm-up and a muscle activation viewpoint that this is personally far superior than just a normal warm-up without the BFR cuffs on. From this point here, I typically would take the cuffs off and I still bench press heavy, well, within my own capacities, without the cuffs. And then if I've got time and I want to do any finishes, I put the BFR cuffs on to do these complexes that involves those ancillary exercises that target relative antagonist and. Agonist muscles to complement my main lifts. I think that's a really good way of starting this little mini series rather than just comparing low load versus high load. This article brings something a little bit different and starting to bring something that's a bit more, I guess, real world into studies for us to listen to in this podcast. Next week, we'll move away from the bench press and look at some different upper body BFR exercises as the series grows and more articles come into it we'll also be looking at different concepts such as using it for fractures and so forth I, I, I truly think that this series will once again like the knee surgery series highlight some great ways of using bfr aside from just using it for bicep curls and bench press if you want any more information about bfr or you want to order your own set of bfr cuffs please head to my website which is www.sportsrehab.com.au and and if you want to contact me, you can do this via the contact us or should be contact me on the website or just DM me through my socials on Instagram or Twitter, which is at Chris Gaviglio. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a rating on iTunes and also share it with someone who may benefit from this information. Thanks for listening. See you next time and remember to keep the pump.